Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, uh, today we're coming to you and it's one of those things to where eh, it's probably not really for, eh, it kind of is. John Q. Public, we'll just see where God goes. Um, a lot of this is Christian driven as far as if you are a Christian, you've accepted Christ. Um, it's kind of driven towards you a little bit more. Um, but I, I just today have kind of had an overwhelming sense of, you know, the question, are you giving God your best? And there's, there's a lot of things that play into that. And, uh, I know there's a truckload of excuses. Don't get me wrong. I've said them all. I know them all. I, I can rehearse them all. Um, but you know, are you too busy? Is there any time for God? Even if God wanted to use you, is there any time available other than 10 at night to six in the morning? You know, when I think sometimes, you know, um, I know I've used it. Well, I'm do ministry all the time. Well, that's not really true. That's really kind of an excuse that gives me a cop out that there's no set time. And, and if he called you today, phone rings, you look at it, it's God. He says, Hey, I need you to go over and talk to this person and just encourage them and love on them. Show them my love. What would your answer be? I mean, cause and I'm asking that question mainly. All of this is driven towards me and not you. But if you get something out of it, that's awesome too. But, um, you know, how overwhelmed are you? And a lot of us, I mean, in our situation, our kids are grown. We're able to look back. We're able, I'll be honest with you, this is ball season. There wasn't an evening available. And on Saturday and Sunday, we were trying to get everything else done because we knew every evening we'd be at the ballparks because we had three kids. And I'm not saying ball's bad. That's mm -hmm. not, not the point of my conversation here. Nothing I'm saying here is bad. My question is, are you giving God your best? Because that's, you know, um, some people I've heard, I've, I've had it said to me, well, I've been going to church for the last two years and haven't got nothing out of it. Well, how much other time have you gave to God? Well, none. But he should have done something. You know why? So it's kind of that, for me, it's that that question right now is, are you giving God your best? And, and it's not a condemning. It's not a, uh, you need to do more. That is not the intent of my conversation. My tent conversation is, no different than me and Susan for her to say, I need to do more is wrong because she don't know what I do. She has a general idea what I do, but she don't know where me and God are. So I'm not coming from a sense of, I expect more from you. I'm coming from the sense of where are you and God at, you know, or do you really have time for him or do you really have more excuses than time? And, and I promise you now, if guilt, shame, and condemnation comes in this conversation, that is not from God, because that is not my intent 
is to change the way, you know, oh, you're doing that. Ooh, that's bad. Ooh, you need 23 minutes every day for God. I'm not going down any of those roads. I'm asking a general question of, are you giving God your best? Because all of us are at different points. You know, you think of uh, school. Some are kindergartens. Some are third graders. Some are seniors in high school. Some are in college. You can't expect the kindergarten to do what the person in college is doing. So this is not a, a, I want you involved in church more. You need to be busier. You need to be, again, I'm just coming at from the question of, um, are you giving God your best? Well, and I think too, that, that stirs up a lot of different thoughts in my head, but your best well, let me first just say this. Our best looks differently for everybody. We all have a different version of what our best is. But for instance, if if your busyness comes from running kids to ball fields or whatever, because we were there, but you can give your God your best even in the midst of busyness, even in the midst of running your kids here, there, and everywhere. For me, I think, are you shining God's light no matter where you are at? You know, God goes with us um, wherever we go. His spirit, if, if his spirit lives inside of you, then he is with you all the time. And he goes where you go. Um, are you giving him your best, even in your busyness, even when you're talking to people, even when you're running kids, even when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. And as far as time goes, something that God's been teaching me. So last night we went out to dinner with a very, very dear friend of ours who we haven't seen probably in four or five years. Yeah, four or five years. Um, but he reached out to me when my sister, because my sister passed away and not because, but he just reached out. And we made a point to take the time to go have dinner with him. And we laughed and we shared. And it was just a great time of um, catching up. And we, I'm realizing, probably because my sister has, is gone, that relationships are so important relationships with other people. We have talked for years about having people over for dinner or going out and, you know, meeting people for dinner or um, trying to connect relationship-wise with people. And a lot of times we just put it off. Well, there's no time. We can't do it this. I got this this night. I got this that night. I got this da-da-da-da. Which in and of itself is not a bad thing, but we need to, we were created for relationships. That's why God created us. And if we're so busy running and trying to, you know, get up the corporate ladder or um, just trying to survive and being so wore out and tired at the end of the day that we don't take time to have relationships with people, then we're missing out. We're not giving God our best because our best is having relationships. Our best is loving on other people and making the time to to do that. And again, I can say that now because 
our kids are grown right. and we don't have to run them all over the place. And so I guess the encouragement behind that would be if you can't do it now, there's light at the end of the tunnel and there will come a time that you can do it. But while you're in the midst of raising your children and running them to all these different events, giving God your best in that moment as well, being well, that light. Yeah, and I think that that another way to phrase this, another probably a good example of how you can judge where you're at, which we're leaving you to judge and not everybody else. But if I rounded up everyone you've talked to in the last month and I said, okay, uh, you've seen Susan this month. Um, what I need you to do is greater force. Did you see Jesus through her? Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean the religious, you're standing on the corner, preaching, screaming at people. That's not my point. And like Susan said, you know, you're, you're the light of what's going on. You're the, um, really the, they see Jesus through you. That's the best way I can say it because Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into the churchy, um, really what's required and what it looks like. You know, it could be sitting down and listening to somebody Mm -hmm. when they're in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I guess if you had to be graded over the last 30 days with everyone you come in contact with, what percentage would say that they seen Jesus through you? Hmm. Because it's, it's not about dedicating the time as much as it is the attitude. The heart of Jesus. Are you showing love to him when no one else will? Hmm. Are you, what, what is your drive and your motivation? Um, and, and again, this is not about being ran over. This is not about talking truth because that all has to happen. I'm, I'm really trying to eliminate every conversation or excuse or whatever because can they see the love of Jesus through you? That's really about the only grading scale that matters. Um, because that the more they see Jesus through you means that Jesus is in your heart more, which is if he's in your heart more, you're, you're acting like him. And, and it's a connection between your brain and your heart. And there's a good connection. Granted, you may not have a lot of time due to the situation you're in, or do they say they know Jesus that, that's really kind of where where I'm what God's put on me this morning is what would people say about you not to your face behind your back on a piece of paper or a computer test because then you'll get the truth as long as they're anonymous and you know I again if condemnation shame guilt any of that is falling on you right now that is satan because my my intent in this conversation is not to get you at church seven nights a week and and be worship leader and be janitor and be didn't do it all for free. That's not any of this conversation. This this conversation is if you have a relationship, can anyone tell? 
Well, and I think the conversation is where's your heart at? It's not in, you know, and, and it's very scriptural that um, deeds or works are not going to um, get you to heaven. It's you do deeds and works because you want to serve God. You want to, um, and and he opens up the time to make that available to you. But it's not about works and deeds. It's about where's your heart. And trust me when I say we don't get it right all the time. And like David says, we're preaching to the choir here. This is more for us um, as much as it is, is hopefully for somebody else. But, you know, so what does giving your God best, what does giving your best to God look like is, you know, um, the fruits of the spirit come to mind for me, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, um, gentleness, self-control. Are you displaying those fruits to other people? Because if you are able to have self-control and not blow a gasket, or if you are able to speak um, words of encouragement to somebody instead of tearing them down, then those are things that help shine God's light. Um, you know, David and I talk, were talking last night, I think, on the way to Joplin of how hurtful our tongue can be. And um, in the Bible, it, it says, you know, words are are just as bad, you know, the words we speak to other people um, and then claim that we love God. How can that be? There's, there, there should not be a difference. Um, the way that we speak to other people, the words that come out of our mouth should be a reflection of Christ. Because again, a lot of times, and a, a lot more often than not, I forget that God is with me, that the Holy Spirit is with me. And, and not forget in the sense of, I know that he's always there, but in the sense of he's writing in the car beside me and the conversation that I may be having with somebody or what I'm listening to or whatever, would he be okay with it? Um, you know, I, I sometimes forget to bring him into the office with me when it's total chaos and I'm on the phone with a customer that's not happy or whatever the case may be. Um, but regardless, I always need to be or I, I always want to be a good representative of Jesus Christ. And so to me, that looks like kind words, self-control, um, trying to be patient with people that it's not always easy to be patient with, um, you know, things like that. Well, and it looks completely different to me. That's, that's the reason why this conversation's fun and, and in the sense of it will be different for you. So we're not setting goals of here's what it looks like for you to be a good Christian. What, what we're saying is, you know, for me is speaking truth to people, not sugarcoating, not BSing. It's not about being nice. It's about being truthful and kind. You know, it, it gets to be one of those things for each personality. God has a different plan and uses you in different areas. And so it's one of those things that where are you at? Because again, when you go from kindergarten to college, everybody's at a different point. So what we're saying is good for us does not necessarily apply to you today. Mm-hmm. But my question is, have you had the conversation? 
Have you even thought about it? Have you wondered where God's taking you? What that looks like? Because I, I, for me, I think it's, especially God's really laid on me this morning that everyone that's listening today is at a different spot. It's not become a Christian and we're all going to look the same and we're all going to be robots. And, and if you don't believe me, get on any podcast of any pastor, listen to 10 of them on the same scripture and they'll come from 10 different directions. So Again, my point is you not replicate what we're doing. Mm. My point is you and God work out what you need to be doing. Um, because that that is the part to where when you find out who God built you to be, who were you born to be, when you find that person, which may look opposite to me, may look, we may be too, let's just go down a hypothetical road. Me and whoever's listening today are the perfect Christians God wanted, but we're both completely different. Mm -hmm. We both say different things. We come from different avenues. We do different things because again, we're not all built to be replicated. We're not a McDonald's to where no matter where you go to the McDonald's, you get the same hamburger. You're going to get different things from me than you're going to get from Susan. You're going to get different things from you than you're going to get from me and Susan. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm not saying here's what you need to look like. What I'm saying is what did God build you to be? Who were you born to be? Well, and when you figure that out and when you see that, then you are going to be able to reach people that we can't reach. Absolutely. You know, um, David has preached several times, but he's not a pastor. But we've had a couple pastors tell him, don't change anything you're doing. For those of you who don't know what David looks like, he's bald. He has a big bushy <laughs> beard. He has earrings in his ears. Um, he's got tattoos on his arms. He's kind of a burly, rough around the edges kind of looking guy. So he does not fit your typical pastor um, mold. mold. Yes. And so, um, but like I said, a couple pastors have told him, don't change your message. Don't change your appearance to try to fit into that mold because David has the ability to reach people that some pastors won't be able to reach because... We've had hard experiences. We've had, not to say that pastors haven't. Please, We've had different experiences. Yeah, please don't misunderstand. Um, and, and we mentioned last night to our friend, you know, we have been, and David more so really than me, has been road hard and put away wet, which I don't like that expression, but it's just true. Right. A lot of life circumstances, made bad decisions, done things, you know, so he's able to reach a group of people that um, people who have not had those experiences can't reach. The people who have not had those experiences can reach people that we can't reach because they think we're too out there. We're too um, over the top. You are a sinner. You haven't done this, you know. And so, and, and I don't want to stereotype by any means. That's not my intent. But my intent is... Be who you are. Be who God intended Correct. you to be. 
Correct. Don't be a David Touchton or a Susan Touchton or a, you know, pastor or whatever. Be who God intended you to be. In order to do that, you have to spend time with God so that he can show you who he wants you to be. And literally, if you do that, if you will seek him and seek him fully and continue to ask him to show you who he wants you to be, he will show you and he will put people in front of you that you can help, that you can relate to, that you can help grow and to be the people that they that God wants them to be. Well, and a good example, you know, uh, I preach in a Harley shirt a lot, um, wear jeans, preach in a Harley shirt. I preached in overalls and a t-shirt. I preached in dress shirts. I mean, I preached kind of just depends on how it feels that day. And I was in the deep South at my uncle's church and a great little country church, Southern Baptist. And I got asked to preach and Susan had warned me. She knew it before me, before I even left home. She's like, you taking preaching clothes? And I'm like, no. Because down there, I mean, everybody dresses really, really nice. It's it's a very conservative service. And and uh, I was like, no, pastor's there. I'm not preaching. Well, guess what? I ended up preaching. And I ended up having, all I had was work overalls and t-shirts. And that's what I preached in. But the message moved people. And, you know, I think sometimes the Christian army feels like we're the United States army and everybody needs to look the same. And that's not the case. Mm. So, so again, I, I'm going to ask this question, and, and it's a valid question because I've had people, Susan brought up, we've had people say, I preached a revival in a Harley shirt. And when I was done, I handed the pastor the mic and the invitation was on. I'd invited them and I'd sat down. And the pastor said, you've said all that needs to be said. I don't have anything to say. You know, when you get those kind of responses, you know God's in it. Mm. So again, we're not looking for you to fit a mold. We're not looking for you to be this person. We're looking for you to be who you were born to be and who God intended. So do you even know who that is? Well, and God can use every, we all have a purpose. We all have a message to tell. Some of us, you know, God's, um, hey, you know, if we would have said 10 years ago that we would do a podcast, that we would get up and preach, that we would talk to people about, you know, marriage and, and life and how to deal with it, you know, not going to happen because we weren't speak, we're not speakers, we're right. not we're not anybody special. We're just right. people that want to be used by God, right. that have a desire to grow closer to him, and he's using us. And you know, sometimes I think, God, I, why 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 are you using us? We're a hot mess. <laughs> We're failures. We're dot dot dot. Yeah. You know, but he can we all have a message to tell. We all are valuable to somebody even though we may not know who that somebody is. We got to, you got to be open to what God wants you to do, right? who God wants you to speak to. He opens up doors of opportunity. And um, like I said, we all, through our experiences, through our difficulties, through our glories, through our good times, through everything, you know, we all have 
some way that we can be a blessing to somebody else and to love on somebody else to help them through whatever it is they're going through. Yeah, I know. It definitely, again, this real conversation is not about fitting a mold, looking like something. Um, and I really don't care. I'll be honest with you. This whole denomination thing kind of drives me crazy because we get into debates. I won't get into a debate denominationally because to me, it's not worth the time. Um, because at the end of the day, you're not going to convince anybody to leave. My, my thing is what would Jesus once said? What's important to him? And, you know, if, Honestly, if denominations was important to him, he'd have said it in the Bible multiple times. He didn't. So sometimes we our differences create problems that we can't get over because we disagree. I have bad news. You don't know everything about God. God may specifically be telling these people that this is the way I want you to be to reach people you can't reach. There are issues in the church, denominations, I'm not disagreeing and I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong because I don't get into that debate. Let's talk about Jesus's love. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what we agree on. They died on the cross for us. Let's talk about things that are of value and building someone up instead of tearing them down with a war that we're not going to... You know, debates, debating atheists and debating in in denomination to me is the stupidest thing out there because you get into debates and I've never seen anybody one to Christ through a debate. It just makes them dig in harder. If they don't see the love of Jesus, you're not going to win. And that's where sometimes we feel like we have to win conversations or win someone to Christ. That's a, that's a great Christian saying is we need to win people to Christ. Guys, I got bad news. You can't win people to Christ. God can. Yes. They need to see Christ through you. If we focused more on that, we would be more of a productive church. Instead, we want people to change to look like me. Mm. And that is not what the church is there for. The church is an ER. Come as you are. Mm -hmm. We're here to help you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's one of those things that, that please do not, do not get wrapped up in a lot of things. I've, I've been reading, um, only the red letters in the Bible. It's been very interesting um, it's gave me some different perspectives on what Jesus meant during the things that I'm kind of processing, not saying I've got it right, or not saying I understand it completely, but when you read just the red letters, they kind of, what he said the last chapter, and you skip all the words everybody else said, and what he said this chapter, all of a sudden kind of gives you a different perspective of what he was meaning. Um, so again, you've got to figure this out for you. You've got to be able to say, okay, where do I want to stand? And I can promise you this, where I stood 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, a year ago is not where I stand now because God's growing me. It's like going through the grades. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
he's showing me different things. So something, I'm very cautious not to die on a hill for something other than Christ because what I found is some of those hills I was wrong on. And I'm not here to convince. God doesn't say, please convince everyone that I'm I'm the dude. He doesn't. He calls you to love them. Treat them the way Christ treated you, which is all of us should have died on the cross and we haven't. Mm. And show them my love and let me handle it from there. Yes. Because I think sometimes we get so focused on winning them to Christ, that means we have to do something. We've got to love them like Jesus, period. And that's it. Hmm. And so it's, you know, I don't know why this is on me today, but it is. And, and We uh, just had church. Yeah, we just had church. So if you haven't ever been to church, congratulations. Yeah. You were just at church. We're <laughs> <For laughs> it. But no, I, you know, I think sometimes, uh, I, sometimes the church has got it wrong Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying denomination. I'm not saying, I'm saying the church period. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we put a lot of value on us when we should have no value and what we do is important when really it's not. It's really just about showing people Jesus's love and letting him handle it from there. Yeah. So anyway, we're blew through another 30 minute podcast. We, we, uh, we really hope you enjoy these. I mean, we, we feel like God's called us to do it. And, and sometimes we get great response. Sometimes we get no, well, there's more no response than anything, but yeah, I would just reach out and, you know, go to our Facebook page. We have a train wreck marriage Facebook page and just make it, put a comment on there, you know, of, whether you agree, disagree, like, dislike, whatever the case, we've got big shoulders. We're, we've learned that we don't won't please everybody. And so um, just reach out and um, give us a hello. Or um, if there's a topic that you would like for us to cover Ooh, yeah, um, like on a podcast, put it on there. Let's see what, you know, challenge us to um, bring something different. So we love you guys. And we just appreciate you listening and um, interacting with us. Yeah. So, hey, have a great week.